It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and it is presented by FantasyPoints.com, where you use the code FEAST and get more information for the value, for the money, than I've ever seen anywhere in my life. So even no no matter where you are with your fantasy team this year, DFS, betting stuff, season long, dynasty, they have an IDP guy, they have an injury guy. So no matter what it is that you're into, I mean, it's crazy how much information they have at fantasypoints.com. Just make sure you use the code FEAST. That way they know that I sent you because I want them to know I sent you. Use the code FEAST, fantasypoints.com, code FEAST. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, journeyman. Now I got five podcasts I do over seven days. Even Money Podcast is already posted. That's a sports betting one college draft podcast where we are now picking the college games against the spread, which is fun. Ross Tucker Football Podcast, of course, is daily. And this here, Fantasy Feast Podcast, the show that's so nice, we do it twice. My co-host is the star, Joe Dolan, the number one ranked fantasy analyst in the galaxy, according to FantasyPros.com. Over the what, Joe? The last three years, five years? I forget the sample size. It was uh, it was, it was four years entering entering the 2019 season. Four years entering the, entering the 2020 season. Excuse me. Sorry, Ross. Like like most of the country, my brain is absolutely fried today. So I'm I'm getting absolutely nothing done. But let's let's talk football. Get a distraction out there. Yeah, let's try, man. Let's try. Uh, he is at fg underscore Dolan. That's at fun guy underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, and at Ross Tucker Pod is where you can find this show and all of our great social media stuff, our social clips that we post, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You look a little tired, Joe. You look a little red face this morning. I am I am exhausted. I always have a red face, though. I have, a, I have rosy cheeks, but I am exhausted. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, there's a lot we need to get to. It's kind of crunch time, fantasy football. The games in November are the games you remember, and they make a big difference for fantasy. And we got a lot we need to talk about just in the opener. In the Thursday oh. night game, Joe, I mean, Niners, Packers, Niners have a zillion injuries. And now they have a, a Kendrick Bourne has COVID. So hopefully the game still gets played tomorrow night. The Packers have COVID issues at running back. I mean, this might be the game we have to spend the most time on, Joe. Let's let's find out what we should do with the skill guys for both these teams and who our replacement should be for a guy like George Kittle. Yeah, look, there's obviously uh, an issue here uh, with with not even knowing if this game's going to be played. Apparently, it's still on a schedule, but as you know, positive tests can pop up, and that and that is a bad thing. Uh, uh, you know, it could come up the day of the game, and then obviously the game's going to have to be moved. But let's talk about what this means for the 49ers. Kendrick Bourne was expected to play, and he was expected likely to start alongside Brandon Ayuk with Nick Mullins at quarterback, now given all the injuries that they have. My friend Chet Gresham of DraftKings pointed this out. With Kendrick Bourne testing positive for the virus, the uh, the Green the, the San Francisco 49ers do not have a single 
player available for this game who touched the ball on offense in the NFC Championship game last year. That is unbelievable. Not one. The the Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman out, George Kittle out, Debo Samuel out, Kendrick Bourne out, Jimmy Garoppolo out. So the 49ers right now are in a world of hurt, Ross, a world of hurt. But with Nick Mullins, what I expect they're going to do is try to run the football. And you saw Green Bay get crushed on the ground by the 49ers in the NFC title game last year. You saw him get crushed on the ground by the by the Minnesota Vikings. I think this is a big game for Jermichael Hasty and Dalvin and uh, and Jarek McKinnon. It, I think it's a big game for those guys. Um, uh, Brandon Ayuk might struggle if he draws shadow coverage from Jair Alexander. And also keep an eye on the status of Jordan Reed, who might be able to come back and play this week. Remember, he got had some big games earlier in the season when George Kittle was hurt earlier in the season. But this is there is no doubt about it. The 49ers are in an absolute world of hurt. So for people that had Kittle, Joe, are there any tight ends out there that they could pick up or they could stream? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Jordan Reed is one of them. Maybe you can get Robert Tunyon from this game as well. Heck, if you are desperate, maybe you can even get Jay Sternberger from this game because because of the four, the Packers' issues with the wide receiver position, they've been getting the tight ends a little bit more involved. So I think that's something you might be able to do simply from this game. But uh, if you're really out there looking, Logan Thomas from Washington is coming off of this, coming off a of bye this week, so he might be somebody who's out there as well. What about for the Packers and their running back situation? Uh, yeah, it's a nightmare right now because obviously uh, A.J. Dillon tested positive for the virus. So they had to take Jamal Williams, put him on the COVID list because he was a close contact. He's going to be out again, presuming this game is played tomorrow. So the question now becomes, can Aaron Jones play through his calf injury? If he can't play, the backfield is going to be Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams. And I was reading today uh, Matt Schneidman from The Athletic talking about uh, what those guys do. Well, Irvin is much more of a scat back type. He's not big. They run like fly sweeps. He's more of a return man. Meanwhile, Dexter Williams, he's more of your traditional running back. But Schneidman has said he has struggled to, to catch the football in practice. And on top of that, he blew a block that led to a block punt last week. So they don't trust him in pass pro or as a receiver. So they are really hurting there at the position. Again, if this game stays as is, they might not be able to play Aaron Jones, but they also might not have a choice but to play Aaron Jones. So the, if I had to pick one of these guys, presuming Jones doesn't play, my preference would be for Irvin. Got it. Okay. Um, Keep an eye on the status of Alan Lazard as well, by the way. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt LaFleur said this week he thinks Lazard is close to coming back from his core muscle injury. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Very interesting. All right, let's get to some of the Sunday 1 o'clock games. We'll start with the Giants and Washington. You know, I, I'm not sure he's fantasy worthy, Joe. I think Wayne Gallman looks decent. He looks yeah. better than Water has. You know, he's one of those guys, Gallman, uh, when he came out of Clemson, I, I as a prospect, I was like, you know, He's not flashy, but he does all he does all the, the the things that he does well are pretty obvious. He runs hard, he pass protects, and he catches the football. Those are the the things he does well. So he can get he can get it done a little bit uh, there. And and frankly, I mean, I don't know what maybe they go back to Devontae Freeman if Devontae Freeman's available. But I, I consider Gallman kind of a low end RB two if Devontae Freeman doesn't go. Uh, anything else for the Giants or, or else Washington? Uh, Sterling Shepard has kind of taken over, in my mind, uh, the number one 
fantasy receiver here um, over Darius Slayton. Daniel Jones has, I, I think at times he's looked real, he's almost like Carson Wentz right now. You know, you watch the plays where he doesn't make a completely boneheaded turnover and you're like, hey, this guy looks pretty good. And then it, the other plays, it looks like he's actively trying to turn the football over. Uh, so Daniel Jones is uh, not, not really a fantasy option right now. Washington's defense is pretty good, though on the back end they are exploitable. I think Sterling Shepard's a wide receiver three, and given the state of the tight end position, even though he hasn't produced big numbers, Evan Ingram I think is like second in, in tight end targets. He's probably somebody you just have to have in your lineup at this stage. Uh, moving on, Washington coming off of the bye, didn't do anything at the trade deadline, you know, it's weird because they've got McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson. I mean, they've got some guys that are worth at least talking about. Yeah, they do. Uh, um, Antonio Gibson is an RB2 all the way. Um, he, he's got some physicality to him. I don't think that's something you expected from a guy who is a converted wide receiver, but he absolutely has some physicality to him. So Antonio Gibson's a, a running back, too. Um, Kyle Allen, probably not on the streaming radar. Terry McLaurin might catch a shadow from James Bradbury in this game. That's a problem. Uh, for him. And again, like I said, Logan Thomas coming off a bye, he's their kind of their de facto number two receiver here. Rob Gronkowski scored a touchdown against the Giants. And not to compare Logan Thomas to Rob Gronkowski, but I think that Logan Thomas is somebody who you can plug and play, use for DFS. I think he's going to be somebody who could get seven, eight targets from from uh, Kyle Allen in this game. Okay. Um, anything else on Washington or can we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Chicago... Tennessee. Uh, Javon Wims is suspended. I know he was going to be in all your lineups this week, yeah. Joe. Javon Wims suspended. They cut Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, what do you have for me for the Bears against a bad Titans defense? Like a bad really? defense. A really a, a defense that has really struggled. Um, uh, uh, what I have is Allen Robinson is in your lineup. I mean, that that's for sure. I know it's like pulling teeth sometimes. Nick Foles hasn't played particularly well. But you put Allen Robinson in your lineup. Jimmy Graham is a lower-end tight end that you can consider. Uh, but, I mean, look at what they did. J- Javon Wims gets suspended. They still cut Ted Ginn. What does that tell you about their faith in Darnell Mooney, the rookie wide receiver? Uh, I mean, Nick Foles loves the guy. They go down the field. This guy is, is like a wide receiver three at this point. He's got that kind of upside. And, again, with all the COVID, a couple teams on by, you might be searching for a wide receiver three. So Darnell Mooney somebody who's out there on your waiver wire who you can consider picking up uh, and, and plugging into your lineup. Let me just get the uh, the target numbers for Darnell Mooney right now. I mean, he's somebody who's gotten at least five targets in six consecutive games. This is a fifth-round rookie wide receiver. Nick Foles really likes throwing to him. And and, and uh, uh, in the backfield, David Montgomery, quite frankly, looked better to me last week than he's looked maybe in his entire career. So he's he's a wide a running back, too. Even though he gets the RB1 volume, he's a running back, too. On the other side, Titans. Disappointing performance against the Bengals. No doubt. What do you think of them? Uh, I think their pass game is, is uh, unfortunately, I mean, this is a tougher matchup, but I think their pass game is going to step up a little bit more than it did last week. Fortunately, you got the touchdown from A.J. Brown. I thought he was going to have a huge game. Maybe the weather was a bigger factor than we thought it might be in that game. But obviously, here's the, uh, here, here's the thing with the Titans. We talk about these narrow fantasy teams. 
You want to play Ryan Tannehill for the most part. You want to play Derrick Henry, obviously. A.J. Brown is in your lineup. Now Corey Davis has established himself as a wide receiver three you can play. He's had a couple of huge games this year. The one guy I'm concerned about is it's now three straight weeks with John U. Smith, even though he's had some injuries, not producing. That's a little bit of a concern for me, although – Sometimes I think you just might have to eat it with John U. Smith because there's really not a whole lot of options uh, at the tight end position. And uh, back to Corey Davis, he has 100 yards, a touchdown, or both in four of his five games this year. And in the game where he didn't have 100 uh, yards or touchdown or both, he caught five passes for 69 yards. That's somebody you can put in your lineup as a wide receiver three with a pretty good degree of confidence each and every week. Wow. Yeah, I mean – Everybody thought yeah. A.J. Brown was going to be the guy. Corey Davis kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, A.J. Brown's had a big year, too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but Corey Davis, this is a contract year for him. He's doing a nice job. Detroit is at Minnesota. Lions at the Vikings. And holy crap, Dalvin Cook won some games for people last week. Yeah, uh, Dalvin Cook was a slate breaker. That's what we say in DFS when somebody uh, when somebody uh, just you, you're not going to win money without him. That's what Dalvin Cook was. He's a special player. I mean that that's what it is. Mike Zimmer came out this week and said we want to be a run first team. Um, and I, I'm, everything that that he has done in his career suggests that's true. I have no reason to not believe that. Uh, and Detroit last week got absolutely shredded on the ground by the Colts. The problem was it wasn't Jonathan Taylor. It was Jordan Wilkins that did it. So uh, I would anticipate this to be a massive Dalvin Cook game. And when you're playing the Lions, um, you know, they also give up big numbers in the passing game as well. You saw Phillip Rivers do that. Um, Kirk Cousins is on the streaming radar, and you just have to suck it up and play Thielen and Jefferson. What about the Lions on the other side? Yeah, this is uh, this is interesting. They they are seem intent on shooting themselves in the foot. They run the ball on first and ten so much with Adrian Peterson, and they never gain any yardage doing it. It puts them in a hole. It puts Matthew Stafford in a bad spot, and now they have to play this game against Minnesota without Kenny Galladay. He's not going to go. So Marvin Jones is is a wide receiver three. Um, I would hope that they decide this, all right, we've got to get DeAndre Swift the ball to try to create explosive plays without Marvin Jones. I don't see it, man. I, I Without Kenny Galladay, I, here's the thing. I think they're going to go into a shell, and I think they're just going to try to run the ball down the throats of the Minnesota Vikings. The problem is that has not worked for Detroit this year. Um, the guy who is really starting to step up, though, is TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, he's been he's been good. Carolina is at Kansas City. Carolina uh, going against a defense I think can be had a little bit. What do you think of what the Panthers will put out there? Um, uh, Well, Christian McCaffrey is practicing this week. It looks like he is going to be back. That is good news for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I would anticipate he gets a full-blown workload uh, against Kansas City. We'll see what Mike Davis's role is, but obviously you have to put Mike Davis on your bench. And if you have Christian McCaffrey, you've been holding on to him for this long, you put him in your lineup. Teddy Bridgewater is a stream-worthy quarterback this week. I like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson as wide receiver twos in a potential high-scoring game and a guy to keep an eye out for is somebody they've started to get the ball in his hands. If you need a wide receiver this week, running the football, long passes, short passes, they've been getting the ball in the hands of Curtis Samuel. Yeah, man, Carolina's got a lot of fantasy dudes for a team that's three and five and lost a couple games. What yeah. about 
I mean, Kansas City, it's kind of the same story every week. Is there anything new to discuss? Yeah, I, the problem is last week, and, and this is what we didn't anticipate, Ross. What we didn't anticipate, and, and we sh- I should have known. This is so dumb. Um, the Jets were a, a pass-filter defense. They've been much easier to throw on than run on this year. And every time you see in the NFL such a lopsided spread, you know, in the NFL, 10 points is a lopsided spread. That was a 20-point spread. You're like, oh, that team's just going to run the ball. And no. Kansas City is like, look, they're easier to throw on, the Jets are, than to run on. We're going to throw the ball. Patrick Mahomes throws five touchdown passes. Miko um, Hardman's gotten going a little bit. we got to check the status of Sammy Watkins. Those are some of the secondary guys that you can get in your lineup. Edwards Alaire, though, I, I have a feeling they're going to run the ball a little bit more this week, and Edwards Alaire continues to be a better runner than Le'Veon Bell. Before we get to the start of the Jake Luton era in Jacksonville, I do want to make sure everybody knows about the offer DraftKings has and the offer I have in conjunction with it. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new users, and by the way, Tennessee is live. I think Louisiana voted it in. I think maybe Virginia voted in. DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right. You bet they will cover you risk-free Sunday betting. Pretty awesome. Whether No matter what matchup is. Maybe it's Houston-Jacksonville. Maybe it's Jake Luton. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. That's why I switched to them this year. You guys noticed. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is basically insuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right. You bet, and they cover up to $100 when you use promo code ROSS during sign-up. Limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey or PA only. Risk-free coverage paid out in site credits, of course. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And I also said this on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Joe. Anybody that signs up for DraftKings this week, puts in the code Ross. Take a screenshot. Email it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. Let me know if you want a signed picture or card. You're an automatic winner. I'm automatically sending you that signed uh, card or picture if you want it. Jacksonville, supposedly they're going to open the offense up. They had Gardner Minshew, but now with Luton, they're going to open the offense up. Well, I guess DJ Chark, he's been kind of complaining, man, I want to go downfield more, even though he's been getting the targets. You know, this is a guy uh, in in, in Jake Luton, who I know our guy Greg Cosell liked quite a bit, and I'm sure you'll talk about him uh, with Greg. Greg, But uh, if if they open up the offense, that's good news for DJ Chark. I'm probably going to be... Um, a little bit uh, leery of going all out on the Jaguar passing game, but I'm going to put DJ Chark in my lineup as a wide receiver three, even though he had been a pretty significant downgrade. But the guy you keep rolling with is James Robinson, who unbelievably has been the fantasy rookie of the year through half this season thus far. So it's DJ Chark, it's James Robinson. That's kind of where I'm at with, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, Joe, what about Houston on the other side? They still have Will Fuller. Yeah, they do. Uh, they couldn't agree with a deal to the with the Packers on compensation. 
And look, this is a great, great matchup. Uh, if, if you want the, the, the Houston Texan passing game, I think you can double stack this passing game for DFS. According to Football Outsiders, the Jacksonville Jaguars have the league's worst pass defense by DVOA. Um, so this is a basically their DVOA says their, their pass defense is nearly 40% worse than the average pass defense in the NFL. Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, even Randall Cobb, and obviously Deshaun Watson are among the best plays of the entire week. Looking forward very much to Baltimore and Indianapolis. Ravens and the Colts. We talked about it last week about the Ravens offense being a little off, Joe. They were able to get the run game going. It was just Lamar Jackson's turnovers that killed him. But they finally really got that run game churning against dealers of all teams yeah and I wonder if if like they were just being a little bit too cute Ross with the three-man running back rotation like you know like I thought maybe just working in Mark Ingram and working in Dobbins and working in Edwards and none of them were getting into a rhythm it it seems like this year every time Dobbins has touched the football he's gained like 20 yards and I don't understand why they're not giving him the ball more maybe that game was a little bit of a wake-up call but the fact of the matter is Lamar Jackson's not throwing football very well and and you know, he's not offsetting it enough with his legs to be an elite, elite fantasy option that you drafted him to be. I'm not telling you you don't start Lamar Jackson, but he is he has not been the elite option that you expect him to be, mostly because he's not throwing the ball very well. And you saw Hollywood Brown's comments after the game on Twitter. Why do you have these soldiers if you're not going to use them? That's what he said. Uh, soldiers, actually, S-O-U-L-J-A-S. I kind of with you, Hollywood. I mean, I don't know what's going on with this pass game, but Greg Roman, maybe the offensive line is holding them down. They had to put Ronnie Stanley on IR. Um, just a just a bad, bad uh, uh, offense for Baltimore right now. Nobody's saying they're done. They're five and two, but this is another tough matchup for Baltimore. I'm considering Dobbins and Gus Edwards, presuming Mark Ingram doesn't play, kind of an RB two and then an RB three. Uh, uh, Dobbins and RB2 and, and Edwards and RB3. Hollywood Brown is a volatile wide receiver three at this point. Mark, Mark Andrews is not getting it done the way you want him to. And you kind of just have to keep starting all these guys, though, because the, the, the dearth of options that you have elsewhere. What about on the other side with the Colts? Well, there's one thing you have to talk about with with Indianapolis. By the way, T.Y. Hilton is not practicing. We're recording this on Wednesday. He's not practicing today. Um, he's been useless for fantasy as is. But the thing, the focus for the Colts has to be backfield. What's going on with Jonathan Taylor? Jordan Wilkins comes out, was the hot hand. And Frank Reich was like, we're going to ride the hot hand. That was Jordan Wilkins. That was Naeem Hines. That's problematic. That is hugely problematic. So uh, Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines, um, I think these guys are flex options at best. But Jonathan Taylor is a low-end RB2 right now. Uh, Frank Reich said he might have been playing through an ankle injury. I'm not really sure what the heck's going on. But this is an ugly three-man rotation in that backfield. And Jonathan Taylor has not seized that backfield the way we thought he was going to. Um, What about tight ends, receivers? You mentioned T.Y., yeah, T.Y.'s going to be out. I mean, I guess he could take a shot on Zach Pascal. Michael Pittman played last week. But um, unfortunately, it, it's not really a situation where I'm comfortable using one of these. By the way, Michael Pittman caught just one pass for six yards despite playing 58% of the snaps. So it wasn't a great game for him. Um, the, the receiver I probably feel best about for the Colts, and I mean this is very very narrow is Mo Alley Cox, the tight end, but he's just a low end tight end starter. You can take a shot on Trey Burton as well. They've been running some wildcat with him, but this is an ugly passing game. 
at least in terms of usage. Philip Rivers has played pretty well. Right, right. Uh, okay, Seattle at Buffalo. But the Bills ran the ball better than they have all year. Seahawks defense actually was a little bit better. What do you think? Uh, yeah, the Seahawks, uh, the, the Pete Carroll says we're getting there. We're getting there uh, defensively, and it had been awful. Uh, but it has gotten a little bit better, and Buffalo is struggling a little bit. So um, I, I'm I'm still a little curious what's going on with the Bills in the passing game. However, like you said, they ran the ball really well last week, and I think Zach Moss – hey. Props to Devin Singletary for also stepping up last week because he hasn't had a very good year. But I think Zach Moss has shown that he deserves to be a big part of this backfield. I think a Moss and, and Singletary are both flex options. And in the passing game, you kind of just have to roll with Josh Allen, who has been running the ball a little bit more. Um, I didn't think he had a terrible game by any stretch of the imagination a couple of weeks ago. He did not have a good game against the Patriots, even though he ran for a touchdown. The weather might have been a factor there as well. Um, but Stefan Diggs and, frankly, Cole Beasley are the two best options in this passing game right now. Seattle on the other side. Uh, Seattle is as narrow a fantasy team as it gets. DK Metcalf is the new Terrell Owens. You play Tyler Lockett every week. You play Russell Wilson every week. The only question is, and, and we don't know this on Wednesday, what is the status of Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde in that backfield? DJ Dallas came through for you for fantasy. He scored two touchdowns, but it wasn't a huge fantasy uh, outing uh, uh, for him. Otherwise, he got in the end zone a couple of times, but he didn't look he didn't look um, uh, he didn't look great. But he got the job done. I like that, Joe. I thought the same. I like that comparison a lot. DK Metcalf is the new Terrell Owens. I kind of. I mean, he that's, just, yeah, that's what he looks like to me. It's amazing. Um, Denver is at Atlanta. The Broncos rallied against the Chargers. Lindsay was back. How about them from a fantasy standpoint? Uh, Philip Lindsay, man, let me tell you something. I don't know if I see any team's beat writers going to bat for a guy on a more consistent basis than Broncos beat writers go to bat for Philip Lindsay. They love the guy. He's the, like the, he's the heart and soul of the team. They say um, he creates big plays from that 55 yard run really start, sparked their um, really sparked their comeback in that game against the chargers. Look, Philip Lindsay's a better player than Melvin Gordon right now, but you have to keep in mind exactly what I was saying before the season. Melvin Gordon was in on those final drives for the Broncos because they view him as the better pass catcher. He caught six passes in that game against the Chargers. So both of these guys are kind of RB2s for me. They're going to keep running the football. Uh, keep an eye on the status of Tim Patrick, the wide receiver uh, for Denver. Keep an eye on him because he kind of developed into Drew Locke's go-to guy. And this is obviously a good matchup against Atlanta. Jerry Judy, there's something missing. I think Locke didn't play well for three quarters and then played well in the fourth. Is that sustainable for Locke? Can he build on that? And Noah Fant is a solid tight end one at this point. On the other side, Atlanta Falcons, they showed me something in that win over Carolina. Usually a pretty narrow fantasy team. What do you got? Yeah, Todd Gurley kind of has to be in your lineup at this point, but boy, he is moving like molasses. I mean, he is not looking good uh, out there, uh, mo moving so slowly. Uh, and Brian Hill had some burst to him. I wonder if he's going to play a little bit more. So Todd Gurley's a low-end RB2. I'm not saying you can play Brian Hill, but just keep that in mind, um, that that he's, he looks like he's got more burst to him than does Todd Gurley. Julio Jones is in your lineup, but obviously 
obviously the big guy to watch is Calvin Ridley. Is his foot going to heal up in time to play in this game? Remember, they did play last Thursday, so he's got a better shot. Um, and, and Hayden Hurst, that tight end, again, you know, you mentioned George Kittle is out potentially for the season. Hayden Hurst is somebody that you could consider using um, each and every week at this stage with the tight end position really narrowing. That'll do it for episode number one of the Fantasy Feast Eaten podcast. We still got to get to Raiders, Chargers, Cowboys, Steelers, Dolphins, Cardinals. How about that Sunday night matchup? Saints and the Bucks, and Monday night, Jets, Patriots. Ew. But we still got to talk about it because we go through every game here on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Reminder to take advantage of the DraftKings offer. Send it to me. Ross at RossTucker.com. I'll sign a picture or a card for you, guaranteed. And get more of Joe and the cast of thousands. FantasyPoints.com. You got to use the code FEAST, though. That's the key. I'm stuck. Let's eat dessert. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.